Hi, and welcome to the I Meet Hotel podcast with industry updates, expert guests, and musings on what the future of travel and hospitality might look like. Every week, we'll bring you a new topic we find interesting through our work in this business with your hosts, Michael Ross and Christian Lipinski, and me, Rachel Bathgate. We also want to hear from you. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, email us at info at imeethotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at imeethotel. Hi, Christian Lipinski here, and welcome back to I Meet Hotel, the podcast. Now, we hope your summer's going well, and if you're out and about traveling, um, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you're looking for more content uh, besides our podcast, head over to imeethotel.com uh, and click on our content page. We have a lot of really good presentations from many of the movers and shakers in hospitality. Now, today on our show, we have a very impressive individual, Lee Curtis. Lee's the CEO and co-founder of Reside Worldwide. Lee, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, real pleasure. So I wanted to to just right off the bat get into it with Reside Worldwide. Uh, it is a leading provider of alternative housing, providing tech and management solutions, predominantly in the corporate space. Uh, and it looks like it began in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the belief that travel and accommodation is in a state of evolution and a desire to do things better. Maybe you can fill me in a little bit about uh, the reason why Reside Worldwide was founded uh, and what it aims to do. So, yeah, Reside, um, you know, while it's founded in 2017, uh, the, the roots of the company um, go back 30 years uh, with a company called Aboda out of Seattle, Washington, um, which were, which I was the president of, uh, for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, during that time, you know, and even the previous times before that, as I ran bridge street and other companies, you know, I really, I started to watch this idea of corporate housing evolve, mm-hmm. you know, and if you go back to the beginning of my career, you know, in, in the, in the mid nineties, in that, in that corporate housing realm, you know, it was a pretty binary product. It was, you know, an apartment, you put some furniture in it, housewares, accessories, and you kind of resold that product, if you will, to, you know, local businesses and corporations. And it was a very localized sort of business. And it was all over the country and all over the world. Um, And then, you know, as, as time went on and technology kind of, you know, grew, you started to watch programs develop within these corporate clients that, you know, while, you know, we just were talking about Dearborn before this, right? So Ford Motor Company, great example, right? So Mm -hmm. you'd assume Ford has a lot of business in Dearborn, but they also have a lot of business all over the world. And, you know, they wanted, you know, all these companies want to centralize the process, centralized purchasing, centralized decision-making, you know, on top of obviously offering quality, you know, getting access to quality products. So, so as the industry evolved, over, you know, from, from the nineties to the two thousands and, you know, up till 2017, you really, I, I started to see this, this, this merging of spaces, right. This merging of, yeah. of, of, of traditional corporate housing with the growing interest in alternative accommodations, you know, which is being fueled somewhat by you know, Airbnb mm-hmm. um, and others, you know, Expedia, uh, you know, VRBO, those other sources were starting to bring this idea of rented, you know, uh, products, whether they're condos or apartments or homes, you know, kind of more mainstream, not just for vacation, but for, you know, business travel as well. And our clients were 
also interested in very like products and, and, but to, but, but, but the other side of that is, you know, not no different than hotels having the same issue. You can't be everywhere. Right. And, and as much as you try, you, you know, you're never quite to the next place uh, or the, to the next city that they want you in. So how do you do that? Well, you, you build, you start to build technology that can do that. And we, you know, I, I started early technology back in my bridge street years in the mid two thousands. Um, and that developed into what we now call reside 360, but, but, and I'll, we'll get to that later, sure. but in the, in the context of what, why reside in 2017, I, I just saw this opportunity to take what was a very well-developed super regional organization in Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, rebranded outside of the corporate housing universe, mm-hmm. uh, bring in the right, you know, develop the right tech to then take, to make it more of a global, you know, solution. So right. bringing the marketplace in sync with the operations and then, and then pulling in a very wide and deep network of furnished options, whether it's a traditional corporate housing company service, you know, service apartments over in the EU, executive residences, mm-hmm. apart hotels, all the all this kind of ecosystem that kind of touches the edges of, of corporate travel, mm-hmm. but isn't aggregated typically. Uh, and, and really, and, and, and that was kind of the, the birth and idea of Reside is, you know, bringing a new brand to the marketplace, leveraging kind of the operational expertise of the past, but mm-hmm. also, you know, jumping forward with, with a marketplace they could deliver for these clients. And, and that was, that was 2017. And, you know, myself and some partners bought out a Boda mm-hmm. um, and created Reside and then, you know, have been in business as Reside since, since uh, December of 2017. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the, that's something I was going to bring up too, is that, you know, uh, the world has changed quite a bit since 2017 to say the least, um, you know, business travel. Uh, but of course the big elephant in the room is that, uh, the pandemic uh, has really mm-hmm. ac- accelerated changes that may have already been happening. And so your response to creating reside worldwide, uh, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about how business travel has changed since 2017, but of course, especially since the pandemic and you think that's going to change more. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, couple of nuggets in there, right? One is the obvious things, you know, the pandemic slowed travel down and we had to start dealing with a different style of travel, you know, with contactless, you know, um, uh, you know, check-ins if you will. And, and, and we also had to deal with, you know, sanitation and different, you know, social distancing and all these things. So if you, and if you traveled at all during the pandemic, you know, going into a hotel is just a weird experience. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it was no less weird, you know, I think in, in, in the other styles of travel, you know, you know, even ours, but ours, you know, in, in the, in the realm of short-term rental or corporate housing style travel, I mean, the typical stay, you know, is a longer stay, right. 30, 45 days. So, you know, you, and it's in residential style products. So there isn't a, typically a front desk. So there's, it's inherently contactless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're in, you're in, but, you know, I think that the things that we saw, you know, in, in the pandemic regarding patterns were obviously people were quarantined, um, you know, for that year, most of that year. So that, you know, in our product, they would, they would stay and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and work. Right. So right. And before they might, stay there to sleep and you know for the weekends where they go to their offices now these 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 furnished products that we offer were being used 24 hours a day seven days a week so it was a you know different experience for them obviously um it was i think 
you know, somewhat encouraging that the product that we've put together, uh, you know, was able to meet those demands. There were some tweaks to it. Um, a lot of our products have desks and things of that nature, but you know, there was little tweaks to the product, but not much. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and I think that opened up the door. I mean, if you, if you look at what happened with Airbnb, right, the other elephant in the room, Mm -hmm. um, and what happened with their IPO at the end of the year and, you know, in this, and, and the fact that, there were so many people reintroduced or introduced to this idea of extended travel, you know, and work from travel Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think that's a trend that you'll, you'll continue to see. I think that's, you know, something that travel will look different. I think the, the idea of longer, you know, uh, longer stays and, and, you know, being able to work from anywhere. Yep. And that, that, that that really opened up a whole new conversation, right? Oh yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, that was uh, the the next burning topic on my brain here was that, you know, business travel was one thing, but now with, uh, for example, where I'm working, there's a hybrid system that I'm able to work from home. Uh, Mm -hmm. but there's also, you know, lots of reports about, you know, business travel will be less frequent, but they're also going to add on the leisure part of it during their business travel. So, you know, leisure, uh, I think is a term for it. Um, of one of the projected ways of how business travel may evolve. Do you think that's going to be the future where it's going to be the less yeah. travel and trying to get all your work done and also have your holiday? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's interesting, right? So, uh, you know, that idea of biz leisure is, it, it, it's funny when terms start to come forward and, and, and you look back and go, geez, I think I've been doing that most of my career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer. So that puts me in a category by myself. So, you know, we're kind of workaholics. Um, So I I feel like most of my career has been this weird idea of biz leisure, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when I, you know, go to, used to have an office in Paris, go to Paris to work, then you go to Paris to play, right? Why why would you not do one and not do the other? Right. And I think, I think more and more people got started to do that. They got to, you know, if you looked, if you looked at uh, like a VRBO listing last summer and you tried to find just a lake house, Mm -hmm. like anywhere they're, they were gone for the whole summer. Right. So people, so people, and people didn't just take them for the weekends. They were taking them for like the month or the summer. And the, and, you know, as long as there's internet, um, you know, they were able to go there and work. And I can tell you from the, you know, the amount of zoom and and conference calls I had, like you probably did, you know, the back, the background would tell you where they were. Right. And most of them were not in their home offices. So, so I think you're right. I think that's going to have a real interesting effect on how people move around. And I don't necessarily know if that takes business, you know, I think it adds to the business stack. You know, there's, you know, I was reading recently, there's, um, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal about how all the big power firms of Wall Street are just gearing up travel um, because they, they, they can almost draw a line of cause and effect to their business by how, when they're not in front of their clients physically, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, you know, the, the big, you know, the big uh, finance houses and all of that, you know, uh, you know, know, whether it's bank of America or credit Suisse, like that face to face is still how business is done. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, you know, I think that will come back. Um, You know, I do wonder uh, the one thing I've wondered this whole time is how, you know, if you kind of think of the gradient of travel from long-term down to the day trip, Mm -hmm. right. 
Like, I think the day trip is in jeopardy sure. Um, for sure. Right. Like, would you really jump on a plane and pile up to New York for a day and come back? You know, I mean, you might not anymore because you can do this. Right. Um, but if you could stack a number of meetings together that are meaningful for two or three days, you probably still would go on that trip. So I think that'll, you know, I mean, obviously we have the Delta variant we're battling now, but when that's all, when it's done and set, I think a number of, I think there'll be new travel patterns and then the old, and a lot of the old travel will come back. And then I think some of the, some of the conveniences of what we learned from doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think there was a time that these podcasts will be done only in your studio. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think those, this opens a whole new world up um, for sure. us, but, um, but one thing I'd add to that, if you don't mind, just one thing that yeah, I did find fascinating during the, during COVID was that, our style of travel that that extended you know 30 plus day travel it it evened out very quickly during covid it didn't go to zero right um which you know and if you were and i started traveling again in july of last year so there was there was a group that never quit moving around this world you know mission mission critical style you know uh, employees whether it's you know for projects whether it was you just have to be there um, there was a decent amount of, you know, underlying uh, extended travel that just never went away. And I thought that really showed a resiliency and an appetite for that style oh, of travel. You know what that sound is. It's time to take a quick break for industry updates with me, Ray Bathgate. Here's what you should know for the start of August. Bookaway Group, a new collection of consumer-facing travel brands, has been created. This after an investment round valued at $35 million. Bookaway itself was founded in Israel in 2017, selling transfers in approximately 2,000 cities and 60 countries. Now it's secured the Series B and formed what's expected to be a portfolio of businesses focusing on ground and sea transportation booking services. The new Bookaway Group, now including brands Get By Bus and 12Go, will have access to more than 100,000 transport routes, customer reviews, and customer support in 14,600 cities throughout 80 countries worldwide. Their mission, they say, is to make bus, train, or ferry travel effortless. And have you gotten used to Grubhub and Uber Eats over lockdown? You're not alone, and the app-based food delivery companies are changing the face of the hospitality industry when it comes to room service. Rather than letting companies make room service obsolete, a few pioneering players have found ways to use the apps to their advantage, leveraging new partnerships for a modern and tech-enabled spin on traditional concepts. The recently opened Resorts World Las Vegas announced that it had made a deal with Grubhub, allowing guests to order from any of the mega resorts, 40 food and beverage venues via the Grubhub app or by scanning QR codes with delivery to a guest book or to the resort's 5.5 acre pool complex. And meanwhile, TripAdvisor has seen a major jump in revenue in the second quarter of 2021. This, they say, is thanks to the increasing number of vaccinations and reopenings in markets worldwide. $235 million was the total revenue across the business, posted by the User Review and Travel Search Service. This showed an increase by almost 300% from $59 million in the same quarter of the last year. 
Indeed, numbers of users on the site have also increased massively during the second quarter of the year, moving by 59%, 71%, and 79% year-over-year in April, May, and June, respectively. And that's the main industry news roundup for now. I'm Ray Bathgate. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks, Ray, for the updates. All right, Lee, let's jump right back into it. I wanted to talk about Reside Worldwide uh, is also positioned to have a unique view on employees' needs within travel and how employers can truly optimize the process. Uh, from your point of view, what, what do employees expect from travel? What employees expect in general? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 an, it's an evolution, right, of, of, of how we traveled, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, and now, and, and again, COVID's definitely, you know, created a different, you know, a different kind of, I wouldn't say a new paradigm, but it's certainly, you know, it's added, I think, to the travel expectations. And I think, you know, because there's this blurring of, you know, hotel travel and, you know, short, the short-term rental market and all the new products that are out there, uh, you know, the, the traveling employee um, it, you know, is looking for, you know, and I don't want to overuse the word experience style travel because right. it gets used a lot, but they really are mm-hmm. right. They, they're just going to a standard, you know, four wall hotel room, um, you know, at an airport, right. Yeah. Um, which is the most depressing stays of all times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I won't mention the brands that always seem to be there, but yeah. it's, it's a sad place to be. And, and they don't want that anymore. Right. They're like, I know I can go find something else around there. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I might even just stay downtown and, and, and go back to that meeting. Cause I, yeah. I am looking for, I'm again, back to the biz leisure thing, but just more experience. If I'm going to go to Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, why would I stay in Rosemont if I could be downtown? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, so I think they're looking for more experience and I think that's where the hotel chains will, you know, I think at times can struggle because their experience is, is limited to, you know, a, you know, a big pile of units in one place. And if they're a big enough chain, obviously you have choices where right. again, this other alternative, you know, space that I kind of play in is a very nimble sort of, um, you know, demand led sort of product line, and it, it can be very flexible and, and offer different styles of options. So, yeah. you know, and then you add into it what you're seeing, you know, the other, I think the other big interesting, not IPO, but, you know, company going public through a SPAC was Sonder. Mm. Uh, Sonder is, you know, of the original, what I would call unicorns, they're the really the last man standing, um, you know, and they've kind of, you know, they didn't pioneer it, but they certainly have put a lot of energy behind this idea of, you know, standalone residential style apartments mm-hmm. that are used for more transient, you know, more, more transient needs and, you know, both B2C and B2B. Um, obviously there's a lot of interest in that product. It, it was, a, again, I think accelerated slightly from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, people are looking for something different that isn't just what they had before. And, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, for us, is we are, you know, we're more of a B2B company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I think of the employee, you know, I first think of the employer. Right. Uh, and when we are working with, you know, we work with a lot of, of the large blue chip companies, most of them out of Seattle and a lot of them around the country, you know, we are running, you know, programs that are moving thousands of people around the world in these 30, 60 day blocks. Yep. And whether they want it in Seattle, New York, Luxembourg, you know, London, Singapore, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. 
um, they are, you know, they, they want to, you know, they, you know, what we, we offer through our technology is, is kind of a seamless end to end curated solution through our marketplace products will be slightly different, but they are still within a standard offering, right? Sure. There's a, there's a minimum style of product that we'll offer when it comes to a furnished accommodation. So, you know, they're able to get that experience right. through a managed program, um, you know, on the employer side, they're looking for cost savings. They're looking for, you know, duty of care and compliance features that are all built into our technology. They're looking for something that's sophisticated. Uh, the employee obviously is less concerned about those things and more concerned about, you know, is, is it, is the quality right? Is the, is right. the location right? Is the experience right? Right. I was going to, before I go into the next question, I just wanted to kind of jump back right, real quick with, uh, in Chicago, in Rosemount. Uh, I got to <laughs> say that I actually stayed there. And the only reason why was because there was a Gino's Pizzeria down the road. Yeah. Well, that's experience. <laughs> yeah. So right? that's, you know, if you're, if you're going to be stuck in Rosemont, make sure you go to Gino's. Uh, yeah. Go with it. <laughs> or there's a good concert. Cause yeah. I think the Rosemont center's right there. So. Yeah. I think so as well. So, um, you know, moving on, um, you know, there are surely uh, many, many ways hotelers and accommodation owners and managers can improve. Um, from your point of view, are there any tips you'd be willing to share on how to build these these accommodations uh, to more cater to uh, their guests? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I must have skipped through that when I was looking at some of the questions you might have. That's a great question. Um, you know, because... Because again, I'm a tra- I'm a traveler, right? I'm on in a normal life. I do you know a couple hundred thousand miles in the air. Right. You know, I'm on the road 200 days a year, and I'm not always in a furnished apartment. I stay in a lot of hotels, and I spend a lot of time. You know, and just the way I'm wired, I go in and go, okay, so someone thought about this, mm-hmm. right? And did a design board on it, and people said yes, and you and you go, what? You know, th- this chair is very uncomfortable. Right. Like, I mean, that is not a comfortable chair. So how did it get here? Right. Or, you know, for all the work that they do to make something ergonomic, how, how do you not have the simple things like, you know, plugs in the right places? And, and it's, it's funny as a, as a, as a, you know, as a road warrior, it's not the big, uh, it's not the big wow things that get to you. It's the little things that drive you nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, USB port somewhere or something like this, you know, that's uh, the thing that I'm looking for. Where can I plug in my USB? Yeah. Yeah. Like how many times have you had to move a, 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 a nightstand yeah, many. to get to it? I mean, isn't that, isn't that, it just seems crazy. Right. But and there, cause there's easy answers for that. Uh, or there's an old iPad or an I, you know, iPhone charger that's from like, you know, from the iPhone four still yeah. sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I, I'd say here, here's something to tell you that, uh, that'll, it won't be revolutionary or uh, by any stretch, but our, my data, and, and, and again, our system does a great job of tracking real time, you know, SMS style. How's, how's your stay going data to mm-hmm. the classic checkout data. And we, we, we pivot the verbatim and all, you know, all these things to kind of always stay on point with, okay, what, what are our clients saying? What are our guests saying today? And what are they saying about tomorrow? And what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. And, and I've been doing this with different systems for 25 years. And I, and I tell you, there's, there's an, the themes of what's most important haven't fundamentally changed. Um, and, I, and this drum I beat, I'm sure gets old, but it's, it's com- you know, comfort is still number one. Oh, yeah. and I mean, you're there, you're there fundamentally to rest, right? Uh, now you're working there, but you, you know, you're there to rest. So that bed needs to be right. Sure. Um, and that's a tricky one, right? Some, you know, it's like Goldilocks, you know, too, too soft, too hard. Yeah. Um, but there is a mid ground that I think can fit most. 
um, minus, you know, you know, back problems and things, but the bed's got to be good. You can't chintz on the bed. Yeah. Um, cause that will endear your client, your guest to you. Um, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you. I mean, when yeah. I'm going on holiday, uh, and I'm going around the city, I don't take, you know, cabs. I'm, I'm walking around the city all day, going to all the little holes in the, the wall places. When I get back, I'm exhausted. My body's sore. I want to just relax you know so 100 yeah. percent the bed is huge yeah. for me too oh my god and you go to lay i mean how many i mean and, and there just seems to be in different parts of the world different themes to how a bed should feel right and the americans are used to a little softer so it is i mean it's, listen i know it's a tricky it's a tricky thing but at least think about it right mm-hmm. don't don't buy, don't buy based upon price buy based upon what's really going to work and what's going to last and then you know Water pressure. I mean, hot. You know, let's face it. You know, oh, a yeah. hot shower in the morning is is how most of us get going. Yeah. And if that water pressure isn't in the in the heat isn't there, that's that's a bad beginning. Um, you know, and then you know, again, internet, sp- oh, yeah. high speed internet. You know, has you know, every, people are working now. They're not, and they're streaming. Right, we're doing video calls and sucking up a lot of bandwidth. The investment needs to be made in that speed. Yep. Um, and I do find it interesting, you know, that's where certainly the residential style products that exist kind of in my realm, um, uh, seem to be ahead because, you know, you as you plug into a building and get your, your internet in there, it's, it's blazing these days, right? Yeah. There's not, it's, it's hard to say, I want really slow internet, yeah. but the hotels can still seem to offer really slow internet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, you know, they seem they, they're behind there because they're still trying to monetize something that isn't mon- it shouldn't be monetized Monetizing. anymore. It yeah. should just be included. Um, and, and, and it is interesting, you know, the, 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 high, the higher the, the star rating of the hotel, the more they like to charge for that. Right. And you get down to the three stars and they're giving it away for free. It's it's a really interesting thing that they do. But uh, but but and I think you have to be even at the hotel level, even at your at your transactional hotel levels, meaning you're, you're like your transient one and two nighters. They really got to be looking at that space as it's 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 going to be a workspace mm-hmm. um, and it really needs to function as a workspace um, yeah, if absolutely. you can. And I know not every room is built for that. And, and there are certain products that aren't built to work. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some really great examples of companies that have sorted it out. I think Hilton's done a really great job i think hyatt's done a really great job mm-hmm. um but i think you got to be thinking about what's that room going to be used for sure. um yeah. sure. and i've seen uh, you know going with uh, what you're talking about the rooms not being able to be built uh for those certain things because they weren't uh conceived at the time when they're building mm-hmm. the rooms but i've seen hotels that are like that but then they have also have another space for working and they've yeah. re-transformed those whole areas uh as like a co-working space uh, with the right chairs, the right equipment, USB ports, you know, breakers, whatever you want. Uh, so there is, even if you don't have the capability in the room, uh, you have a lot of the space and a lot of event space that's not being used. Uh, you might want to utilize that. Uh, you know, m- moving forward, uh, you know, we're talking about technology and you brought it up earlier uh, about 360. I want to ask a little bit more about what is 360 and how is it changing? Uh, I guess you can say the world of hospitality. Yeah. So 360 is the, is, is kind of the, 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 the great, great grandchild of some of tech that's been kind of in motion since uh, my days at bridge street in Oh three. Um, and, you know, w- with the idea, you know, that if you could create a, you know, and back then for us, it was just to be competitive, you know, how could we separate ourselves from the pack because there was no way we could be everywhere, but yet our clients were asking us to be in more places. Right. So by, by out of necessity, we came up with the idea of 
you know, a, a, a kind of merit based, you know, a marketplace. Um, and it's, and it's gone through a couple iterations, obviously. And now it, in, in its 360 format, it's really kind of the, what we think is the best of the best and that we've built a, you know, an enterprise style program that mm-hmm. will, that, that connects this global inventory, you know, we have over a million styles of options or apartments and furnished options within this marketplace and growing, you know, uh, and, you know, we have over 900, you know, independent um, suppliers uh, or, or partners, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that are connected to it. And, and the technology does a number of things, right? Like, as I said, as, since it's just, since it's business for, to business, we need to create a, a business centric marketplace that takes care of the things that are kind of underneath the water when you when you think about business travel and you know and and especially in managed programs where you have one person making a decision for thousands things like you know compliance duty of care and i said before you know there 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 are words that now can be you know can be properly managed through technology Mm -hmm. so through data so through multiple database integrations we're able to vet you know, against a number of, you know, security points, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, anti-bribery, corruption, you know, all sorts of different features that that, that companies can can accidentally or purposely be part of around the world. So Mm -hmm. it's not like when you think about, you know, the United States, it's not something that would be super prevalent here. But if you think about placing in my business, someone in Nigeria Mm -hmm. for 30 days, which we do, you know, you can quickly kind of start thinking about things that could be wrong with that provider, right? Um, not, not, you know, not just quality, but, you know, can you, can you actually send money to that particular company if they, you know, yep. and, and if they are on a sanction list, you can't, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these things. So we, we've built a system that vets a whole bunch of things behind the scenes that the risk management, um, you know, parts of a company are super interested in. Right. Um, you know, we also test for financial stability, obviously through COVID, not just in, you know, my industry, but hotels as well, you know, you know, all of a sudden doors were closed, you know, they weren't able to make it through financially. And, you know, we use a system that helps us to, to, to at least look for, you know, on predictive kind of status, look at trends on how bills are being paid and et cetera. So that we're, you know, when we're, when we're placing people out there that we're not worried about the doors closing, um, you know, then we've. We've also integrated some safety features through a company called GeoShore, um, which allows us to give address-specific safety ratings in any any address around the world. You know, yeah. safety ratings is like you know, women's safety, uh, health safety, um, you know, crime statistics. Okay. All these different. There's seven different group uh, groupings that we can offer that that kind of. Makes, you know, that, makes total sense. I mean, if yeah. you're sending your employee somewhere, you know, the whole risk assessment of going somewhere and doing something like that, it makes total sense yeah. that that should be something the employer should be really focusing about, uh, you know, their employee that, that they're putting them in this place. But, what, what are yeah, but and because, that, and because no one's ever done it yeah. the way we're doing it, it's one of those things that people have to be really, yeah, I go slow down and listen to me when I say this. This is what we're doing. No one else is doing it. You should be, like you said, you should be concerned. Yeah, so it's absolutely. it's kind of an interesting aha as we're out there, you know, talking to these companies about what makes us better and different. Because yeah. just the idea that we can aggregate inventory isn't unique or special, right? Um, I think the way we do it has its has has its, has its power. But the other side of that is all these other things that are protecting 
the traveling employee and yeah. thus protecting the employer, yeah. right? Are, are, are critical features to how our, how our technology is viewed and used uh, globally. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, prior to me being in hospitality and hosting this here podcast, uh, I was in the U.S. military. And, of course, mm-hmm. everything that we did in security forces, you had a standard operating procedure, SOP. One of them is your risk assessment. Whatever you're doing, where you're going, if you're going on a boat, whatever it may be, they made sure that everything was adhered to. And it, I would see it the same way in the, the business world. If you're sending somebody somewhere, you know, you're responsible for that person. So it makes yeah. total sense. So I think that's an excellent, excellent well, program. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Navy. U.S. Navy, that's it. Yeah. All right. I was U.S. Army, so we, I guess we could talk about uh, the Army-Navy game yeah. when it comes up again. Yeah, yeah. So this last game, I don't really want to talk about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on, uh, it, it seems um, like you know most transformational technology in the industry now has to do with time-saving, integration, distribution tech, Internet of Things. It just cloud technology goes on and on. Now, from your point of view, what are some tech trends to keep an eye on and what aspect of tech you think will be most successful, uh, not even just in the pandemic world, but in the post-pandemic world when we're finally out of this? Wow, that's a huge question, right? Yeah, if I know. answer it right, someone's going to go build a company and do it yeah. so, or, <laughs> or will do it. But yeah, it's, you know, I think tech that works, right? I think um, Sometimes don't you find yourself sometimes using tech and and feeling like someone's trying to make you do something versus it doing what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, so it's not as intuitive, uh, which, you know, I, th- I think because there's such, there's so much money pouring into uh, VC money, pouring into all sorts of tech. You know, I think companies are, are able to, you know, take, you know, paths that no one else has taken, which I think is great. I, I think there's some things that, you know, it, it, we, we work with CHPA, we work with um, a guy named Brian, Brian David Johnson, who, by the way, would be great on this podcast, mm. but he's a futurist. Yeah. Oh, I love those. I love those guys for sure. Oh, he's awesome. And we employed him for, for quite a while uh, to help us with our board strategies, et cetera. Uh, and I'm considering him a friend, but, you know, he's always talking about, it's not the thing, it's the thing after the thing, mm-hmm. right? So pick anything, pick Uber right? Is it, is it safe to say Uber is going to, is just, that's just it. it there's nothing going to be better than Uber. Right. And, and that's unlikely, right. Cause things evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you're thinking about, you know, tech and hospitality, you know, I think the, um, the, 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 the tech that can continue to humanize the experience yet enhance the experience is mm-hmm. the tech that will win. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, and I know there's a lot of talk about how people just don't want to interact with people. I think COVID I kind of proved that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it think wasn't, yeah. it wasn't healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're naturally, I mean, yeah. most of us, uh, you know, uh, social butterflies, we want to connect with people. Yeah. So, yeah, I want a front desk experience. Yeah. Honestly, I, I really do. Um, and again, I, I wonder sometimes if, if it's my age, but I, I don't think so. No. Um, I think again, this COVID really put a, put a, uh, yeah. just a, I think a hard line under, you know, that we are social animals and yeah. that's how it's not just like to be with other people. We actually thrive from it. Yeah. So I think, you know, finding tech that key, you know, a gives you options, mm-hmm. um, and B is intuitive, uh, whatever it's applied to. So rather than me saying this is the next big tech thing, you know, um, yeah. cause I'd like to say, Hey, in five years, I'm going to deliver keys with drones. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can probably say that and get yeah. away with it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cause I probably will be able to. So there's probably somebody working on that already. 
Yeah, I think there's a handful, right? Yeah. I think you'll be actually what I think will happen is you'll be able to uh, license and or um, uh, like co-share mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like when I think of that FedEx robot zoom, zooming around, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a great start. But again, what's the thing after the thing? The yeah. thing after the thing would be that becomes a courier service that any of us can just, you know, timeshare. Yep. Right. So, uh, hey, I want to send something from this side of Seattle to the other side of Seattle. I'm going to, you know, this little bot's going to come over. We're going to drop it in. And it's going to go over there. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's the evolution of right. some of these great ideas that came out of uh, this last year. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, the, after all the recordings and podcasts that I've done, uh, the IME hotel events that I've done, a lot of the subjects on tech is, you know, nothing crazy like being able to have a hoverboard or, a, you know, a automated taxi pick you up and fly you somewhere. It's all about having technology that works in the background that you don't see it and you don't know it's working. It just works. So streamlining like check-in instead of having to take your passport out and scan this and photocopy that. Oh, yeah. That everything's just done. So that way the person, the human that's on the other side of the desk is more able to give the hospitality experience. And that's what hospitality is, is giving that guest the ultimate personalized experience. Uh, and then having these technologies, whether it's, you know, housekeeping and things like this, that's all automated digital through a touchpad on, the, on, on you know, the, the hotel room, uh, is to have all those excellent technologies, but that work and you don't see it working. It just, mm-hmm. you have that more human experience. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, those are, those are great. Yes. Uh, and I'd say, think about, I mean, so I go, I use me as a, as, as a bell, bellwether for a lot of things when I think about travel and yeah. I don't want to call the, So that's the funny thing. I, I want to check in. Yeah. I don't want to call the operator. Yeah. Right. Cause I, that's rarely a great experience. And no, I think it's because all the cuts over the last 20 years, they've cut the PBX and the hotel operator down to just whoever can grab the phone. Right. And you know, like, like I wouldn't put my morning flight in the hands of that wake up call anymore we don't have to right we have we have iphones and we have we have devices that do that for us but but when there have been devices that's i think you said they got to work right so i've I've stayed in enough places where they have the gee whiz ipad in the room to do things and it doesn't work right so that's yeah you know, that's yeah. a big bummer, right? Because because again, you 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 make a reservation on it, or you, you get you know it's supposed to be a portable concierge. So I'm going to take a reservation for you know for a, a restaurant across the street, and it doesn't. You get there and it's not there. So I mean that it has to work. It has to work. Um, yeah, that's I think that's the big thing. I think you're you're spot on there. And I, and I tell you, just because I just went through the process, it is funny when you think about things be, that should just work behind the scenes that fall apart. You know, in you know, this is tertiary to hospitality, but I just, you know, the mortgage process, yeah. I'm going to hit that just cause I can for a second. <laughs> how is means. it, how is it the mortgage process hasn't changed in like 50 years? And I just went through it again. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm 56 years old. I've bought many houses yeah. and it's still clunky. Same archaic, archaic program. Well, there you go. Arch- I mean, Lee, you know, I think that's maybe your next venture after uh, reside worldwide is to figure out how to make those mortgages more snappy fingers here. All the information's there. Right. I mean, do you really have to keep PDFing and scanning, you know, things like that, like W2s? And I was, I found it just, it was incredibly, I, I just was shocked, honestly. Yeah. So I, oh. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> 
So uh, I think that wraps it up for us today, uh, Lee. Uh, it's been super interesting. Really enjoyed having you on the show. And, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to have you on again. So I want to say thanks so much for joining. Um, before we uh, close up, uh, maybe you can tell me if people want to learn a little bit more about uh, Reside Worldwide, where can they find uh, more information? Uh, yeah, so uh, www.staywithreside.com is, uh, is our website. And obviously we have a LinkedIn uh, site as well and uh, pretty active on both. So yeah, please, please check it out and uh, you know, make contact. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Lee. Uh, thanks for joining and uh, we'll be in touch. Great. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up here for today. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining. We have another great episode planned for you. So watch this space. Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I Meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at imeethotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The I Meet Hotel podcast is a production from I Meet Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit bidroom.com to learn more.